Just a note before we start. Our show talks about touchy subjects that may be difficult for some of our listeners. Take care of yourself. If you feel you need to seek help, see the links at the end of our show notes for resources. Welcome to Such a Subjects, the podcast that aims to make those awkward conversations around domestic and sexual violence just a little less awkward. I'm Sean. I'm Allie. And I'm Amanda. And today we're going to be discussing healing sexual trauma. And we have a special guest with us again. Susan Branton is back. So thank you for joining us again, Susan. Hi, Sean. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Allie. Glad to be back for part two, where we get into how to fix the problems, not just what the problems are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Last week we, uh, or last episode rather, we discussed, um, we discussed sexual trauma, what it is, um, kind of in a more detailed way than we really ever have on this show. We talked about, um, sexual trauma in the small nuanced ways that we all could experience it, um, that include sexual assault and of course rape. Um, but some of those other things. So do we want to kind of give a recap on what sexual trauma looks like just to kind of set our listeners up uh, for the following discussion? Also, very quickly, if this is the first episode you're hearing of us with Susan Brayton, please go back to the previous episode because this is going to be the follow-up episode to that. So look up episode, I believe it's going to be episode 38, and that will be um, our discussion on sexual trauma. But um, Susan, if you would just please give them a quick rundown then about what sexual trauma is. Sure. Uh, So we talked a lot about it and went into depth, but the point that we made was that for most of us, we've had some kind of sexual trauma because it's almost impossible to escape it being alive in the world today. Sexual trauma is not just rape and assault. It's everything from um, an uncomfortable doctor's visit or medical procedure. It could be a, a, a bad sex date of some kind. It could be religious repression, uh, being shamed in your home. It could be genital mutilation in the form of, of female genital mutilation or circumcision, which for many men feels like genital mutilation to them. It could be um, trauma from religious repression, from movie and pornography um, from a simple lack of knowledge or from being traumatized around the um, sex education that you got being all framed in the negative. Oh, you'll get pregnant. Oh, you'll get an STI. All scare tactics that push you away from the sexuality that is your God-given right to have. So we, we really covered those in great depth. And I think the point that we want to make on this episode is that sexual trauma is very, 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 very common. And that pretty much all of us have been traumatized in some way. So you're not alone and there are solutions. And the solutions are what I might call DIY, do it yourself or done for you by having someone else help you. And in the done for you category, it's not just a therapist 
or a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a marriage and family therapist or a sexologist or a trauma specialist who might help you. It could very well be your partner, the person that you've decided to spend your life with or that you're with right now, who's actually helping you because whatever happened to you, and that could be accumulation of a number of injustices, has taken away what is your, a part of your humanity, a part of your health, a part of your nervous system rebooting, a part of your joy, a part of your connection, a part of your body pleasure, your emotional pleasure. And those things, when they are impacted, it's not fair to you. And so there are ways that you can heal your sexuality. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And especially looking at the um, having someone do it for you or helping you out through it. I'm sure that's something we can all relate to because most often it's not our doctors, our therapists, even our parents usually who are the ones who know the most intimate details about our lives. It's going to be our friends and it's going to be our partners, specifically like dating partners, because those are the people we are choosing to spend time with and choosing to share the information with because it's sometimes more comfortable for us than having to have those discussions with people we don't really know or parental figures who may have instilled some of that sexual trauma in us um, so then just jumping right in susan what are some ways that people can start that healing process or what might that look like yeah um you know in the in the first episode well let me also just explain who i am so my name is susan bratton and for the last 15 years i've been a sexpert as sean likes to call me <laughs> um, yes. i call myself an intimacy expert to millions and really what i do i'm not a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a counselor i don't work one-on-one -on -one with people what I do is teach people how to transform having sex into making love. I teach heart-connected, passionate lovemaking techniques, bedroom communication skills, and sexual health and wellness protocols and solutions. So I'm on the, you know, kind of the good side of sexuality and in a way I'm the one who's like, here's how you can have really great sex that makes you feel awesome and gives you confidence and makes you feel full of passion and creativity and makes you feel accepted and safe and loved and pleasured and gives you incredible ecstatic experiences. But I can't do that without understanding that most of us have had cumulative sexual trauma because of the society we live in, the way we were brought up, the religious issues that are around uh, the negation of sexuality, uh, the, you know, the scare tactics that are used, all, and then dealing in the world with people who are not nice and who are actually going to hurt you. There are people out there who hurt us. It is a part of life and it is in many cases just the luck of the draw whether you were you know someone who escaped that or got caught in that and i can't do my job for you to teach you how to have great sex if what's tripping you up from getting there is the trauma that you've experienced so i know a lot about it not only to help all the people who are my fans and followers around the world across cultures of all ages but also because I've walked in your path if you've been traumatized. I've, I've had many, many kinds of abuse and trauma. 
and I've overcome them to go on to be sexually whole and ecstatic in my connection. And I believe that anybody can come through the other side and get to what I think is our God-given right for pleasure to create our, for ourselves and to be co-created with a lover. So I just wanted to give a level set about that. And then to jump in, there are really a couple of different types of things you can do. You can go to a therapist. A psychiatrist is a person who you would contact if you had really deep, deep-seated psychological trauma and you have a lot of psychological issues and you could need medications. That's what a psychiatrist does. A psychologist can't prescribe medications, but they are someone who has studied all of the data and the clinical work. Often they work in a clinic and they have hands-on experience helping people if their area of expertise is sexual trauma with sexual trauma. Then there are marriage and family therapists, and that's people who are used to dealing with the issues that hold you back from the connections that you deserve, the love that you deserve, and the feelings of worth and um, joy that come from the interaction of your dynamics with other people and yourself. And then there are sexologists, and sexologists, some of them are experts more like I am, where they're more involved in helping people manage things like their fetishes or their fantasies or, or you know, their desires, polyamory, you know, some of the more thorny and complex issues around a person's sexuality, someone who's a little less vanilla and a little bit more on the kinky side. Um, and then there are sexologists who are trauma experts. Now, one of the places, and, and I really do recommend starting often with a sexologist, and the place that I recommend finding them is at asect.org. That's A-A-S-E-C-T dot O-R-G. And ASECT is like the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Trainers. So these are your sex experts, your real deal ones that can help you fix your problems. And the way that... Um, the way that I recommend going about finding one is when you go to ASEC.org, you can find a person who's in your, you know, your area and you could physically go to see them, but that's really becoming less and less the way things are done. And now that we're doing things over Zoom and um, other video, um, computer video uh, modalities, um, I recommend that what you do is you look at two or three people, no matter where they are in the world, and people that for some reason you like the training, their study, their area of expertise, and you seem like they might be somebody you'd feel comfortable talking to. And then you have an informational interview with them. Almost every therapist will give you a free 15 to 30 minute consultation just to see if you have a good vibe with them. And you will find that you, there will be one of them you like better. And I really recommend that you go with your heart, your gut, your intuition, that you don't do what you think you should do. You do what you feel you want to, because your body is the best barometer 
for wisdom and guidance. And when you look within yourself and you trust what your body is telling you, then you can make a good choice about someone who will you who you will feel will really support you. So hiring a therapist or a sexologist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist is one of the ways that you can do it. And then they can guide you through healing your trauma. That's one way. Then the second way we get into is in doing it yourself. Yeah. And for some of us, the doing it yourself way is probably going to be one that might sound a little bit more enticing just because like we said earlier sometimes people just don't like talking about this kind of stuff to people they don't know we have stigmas in our society around talking to therapists or counselors so that might be a barrier that they have there um, or they just might not feel like they have the time which all of us who are very busy people not myself but those of us who are very busy people might not think they have the time to be able to have those discussions or block that time out of their day. So the do-it-yourself option might sound better. Um, so what are some steps then that we can take in that do-it-yourself process to help kind of aid in that healing? Yeah. Um, when you want to heal your sexuality, the first thing that is very important to do is to make essentially a laundry list of all of the injustices that you've suffered. And even doing that is challenging for people because you've got to open up Pandora's box. You got to dig into everything that's happened to you. You have to remember it. And yes, there are traumas and people who they've blocked it out and they don't remember it. And often it takes us a while to remember all the details of trauma because we do want to pack it away and sequester it and cover it with cotton and tuck it away in a dark part of our heart so it doesn't, you know, give us pain. But if you don't feel like you can even take that first step of making a list of every single injustice and trauma that's happened to you, then that's where you know that you're probably not going to be able to help yourself well enough. And that's a place where you think, okay, I'm, I'm going to need some support through this. This is even, this is too much. But if you can, if you can put down that list and I recommend you do it in chronological order, you essentially start with the very first thing that happened to you and you go year by year, month by month, year by year throughout your life. And you make a list of all of those things. And then you really think about those things. And you look at them and you say, how many of these things that happened to me were intentional, where the person was actively trying to hurt me? And how many of these things were just unintentional byproducts of the society that I live in and the people who were with me just doing the best they could do, which wasn't great, but was the best thing they could do? Because ultimately, if you wanna heal your sexuality, believe it or not, the place you have to go to, you have to go from victimhood and hurt to compassion and forgiveness you have to be able to forgive your transgressors and for some people they are so angry and so upset that they could never imagine themselves coming to a state of compassion for their transgressors and then you want to default back to you need more help than you can give yourself because you're not going to be, you're the kind of person who once betrayed cannot forgive. 
You're going to go to your grave being mad at your dad for the thing he said to you when you were six years old. You're, you are never going to talk to that boyfriend again because of the thing they did to you, whatever it might be. If that's you and you are that person, that is very common. I would say about 20% of people have significant, significant inabilities to overcome betrayal. We talked about that a little bit in the first episode as well. And if that is the case for you, where you can't even imagine it, then that's where you have to default back to, I need someone to support me through this. So those are some interesting, you know, kind of self questions. Who, what kind of a person am I? How well do I know myself? Could I get there? Could I not? It doesn't matter either way. You either are or you aren't. And you don't want to beat yourself up over it. But it's a good logic tree for you to decide how you're going to handle it. And I really want to encourage you to handle the traumas that have happened to you for two reasons. Number one, they're super common and they happen to almost everyone. And most people can get through them and go on to have a wholesome, satisfying, connected, loving, sexual life. And so whatever your path is, it's just taking that next step and determining it. The, um, I have a resource for you as well. And I, I do want to get into another modality, which is hands-on healing. And I think hands-on healing in the sexual space, which we call somatic healing, is very, very important. But before I do, I want to give you a technique that if you think you are the kind of person who can forgive and forget, because forgiving, forgiveness is a mindfulness practice. You don't just, it's not a switch. You don't just forgive and forget and never think about it again. You forgive and you forget and then you get triggered and you forgive again and you forget again and you get triggered and you forgive again and you forget again. You spend a life revisiting your forgiveness and letting it go again. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is very similar to grief. If you've ever had the experience of losing someone and you feel a lot of grief for that loss, and then the next person in your life dies. And you realize that you're not only grieving for the new person who passed, but also for the other people in your life who've passed. Grief is a door in your heart that when it opens, it opens for all your grief. And that's what forgiveness is like too. It's, it's a door that you can't lock it and throw away the key. Oh, I've forgiven and I've forgotten. Nope. You will get triggered and you will have to call in that forgiveness again. So if you're good at sustaining those mindfulness practices, this is another area. So the resource that I want to give you is a book. It's called Libido Book. It's at libidobook.com. And it is a video and an audio and an ebook with the transcription of the video that allows you to listen to a conversation that I have with Dr. Keisha Ewers. And Dr. Keisha Ewers and I go through rewriting your libido story. What would your libido be like if you hadn't been traumatized? Who are you in your essential self? How do you go back to the core before you were harmed? Who is that person deep inside you that's always been there? that is there the day you were born, and that will be who you are the day you die without the trauma. 
And what do you want your sex life to be like? What can you imagine, imagine and envision for yourself? And you rewrite your libido story and you come through the five points of healing your libido and then getting to forgiveness. So if you feel that that might be something you could do where you're good at journaling, you're good at in being in touch with your feelings, you want a good sex life, you want to let things go, you want to be self-directed, libidobook.com is a really great resource for that. And then if you are in partnered relationship where it's not necessarily you as much as your partner who has had a lot of trauma and their trauma is standing in the way of the connection that you both deserve, I highly recommend that you watch a, a free video series that I have called Healing My Sexuality. That's at my website, betterlover.com. And that's with Ariel Gioretto, who is a somatic experience technique master. And we talk about not only how to heal yourself with somatic experience technique, which I'm going to explain, but how you can support your partner and help heal them. Because in so many cases, our partners actually help us become whole through their love, through their touch, through their understanding, and they help us get to the other side of the trauma. Great information. And I will make sure that I link all of those links and sources into the show notes of this episode. So if anybody does want to check those out, they'll be able to find them there. Um, I do want to point out how similar the discussion around looking at the sexual experiences that you have had um, or the traumatic experiences that you may have had and just like kind of listing them out and figuring out when they happened, like how they happened, and then using that as a reflection of was this person intending to do harm to me or is this a byproduct of society also sounds a lot like the discussion we have around um, trying to get people to change their behaviors or trying to make sure they have those healthy relationships and that we are going to do things that are going to hurt people. It's the reality. We are never going to go through life and make sure that we never harm a single person. At some point, we are going to do harm. What is important is looking at the harm we've done and working on how do we make sure that we don't do those things again. That's not going to negate the harm that was done to that person whatsoever, but it will make it so that we are not harming others. And that self-reflection is really difficult to do. Nobody likes looking in the mirror and saying, ooh, I am the bad person in this situation. I did something wrong. Or no one's going to want to look in that look in that mirror or go over things and say, I want to be mad at this person for what happened, but I can make the justification for why they may have misread the signals and tried to kiss me when I didn't want them to. That's not going to negate the harm that's done to the person, but what it does do is allow for us to have discussions then on how can we create these behavior changes that we do want to see. So I just thought that connection was really interesting and how we have those similar discussions, but it's just on the opposite end of that spectrum. Yeah. And I think, too, just um, one of the things that you mentioned that I, I think was really profound is that um, our own sexual trauma isn't just affecting our life. It's affecting that life of our partner as well if we're in a partnered relationship. And if, you know, that is important in your relationship, which it most likely is, 
then, you know, dealing with these things and trying to find ways to heal your own sexual trauma is really going to help your partner as well because they're not going to be reaching their full sexually healthy potential either. Well said. Yeah, that's right, Amanda. Yeah. um, When you've been traumatized, it's hard to have compassion for your partner because you're so wounded. But your wounding is wounding your partner. And so cleaning up that mess that was made against your will is the house cleaning that the emotional house cleaning that has to happen because you can come back to wholeness that's the number one thing that i want to get across here is that you are not alone that most of us have been traumatized in myriad ways because our society has so much emotional conflict around sexuality and that you can come through it and have whole and right love and connection. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the somatic piece. Can we move into that now? Yeah, absolutely. No, sure. That's where I was. That's where I was. I was jumping. I was. I wanna. I wanna hear about this. What yeah. are What are some of these tangible things yeah. that that is helpful when you're seeking to heal this part of your your body and your yeah. life? So there's two main areas that I want to have a conversation about. The first is um, how arousal works because your arousal system's gotten disrupted and it's in stress. It's in distress. And most people think that getting turned on, you know, we use the word turned on uh, to, you know, feel lusty, to feel our desire. There's libido, there's desire, and there's arousal. And they are like a Venn diagram with three concentric circles that overlap. And the libido is your body piece of it. And that's how healthy your body is. If your body is physically ill, it tamps down your libido, so you don't want sex. And that physically ill is emotional and physical or simply emotional. It doesn't matter. It's it's your, your, you know, when I talk about your physical body, I'm also talking about your emotional body. Desire is how you feel about yourself. Things like your body image is a very big one, especially for women, but also for men, you know, with sexual shame around penis size and things like that. Um, or maybe their masturbation practices or their addiction to porn or, you know, there's a number of issues that men have. People have uh, fears around uh, their desire is impacted because they have, you know, dark fantasies that they can't they can't understand or what have you. Um, those are all trauma. That's trauma. Um, and then arousal is how our operating system of our body works to, like I said, get turned on. But But turn on doesn't begin by turning knobs and pushing buttons on our body. Turn on begins in relaxation. Relax, you can't get to your orgasmic potential, your emotional joy and connection through lovemaking, the ecstatic levels of pleasure, if you are stressed out. You have to first feel safe. Desire is an equation that has an equal balance, safety, security, I won't be harmed, with an equal measure of variety, novelty, fun, adventure. So when you have those two things, you can feel desire, but you cannot feel desire until you feel relaxation. So the number 
one thing that I think people misunderstand about having sex with someone when they've been traumatized is that they need to be ready to go. And that especially comes from the fact that the patriarchal view of sex is I get an erection and I'm turned on and now I'm ready to penetrate and have intercourse where the matriarchal or feminine view of sexuality is much slower and more heart connected. Where men get traumatized is we never teach them to connect their genitals to their heart. And where women get traumatized is that their heart and their genitals are very connected from the get-go and they are pushed too fast without heart connection in lovemaking and they feel like they didn't get what they needed and that's traumatizing for them. So the number one thing that you have to start with is holding and being held. And not just holding and as soon as you relax then starting it up but holding and really relaxing until you let down, until maybe some tears flow, your saliva flows, your vagina gets lubricated, you have some pre-cum in your penis, then you're relaxed enough to actually begin the process of arousal. And one of the techniques that I've created is called the, is called the soulmate embrace. You can download it at soulmateembrace.com. And it teaches you how to hold and be held in a way that allows you to get into complete relaxation and begin the process of arousal in a way that you may never had in your entire life. It's good for those who've been traumatized and those who have not. It is what everyone needs. It is a foundation of good lovemaking. So the soulmate embrace is a good place to start because it's full body touch. It's being held. It's being safe. It's allowing ourselves to relax and connect our hearts, our breath, our eyes, our bodies, our touch, our skin, our minds. So we start there and that moves us into somatic experience techniques. So there was a, a guy whose name is Peter Levine. And he started a technique called the Peter Levine formula. And he was of the belief that talk therapy was good, but not for everything. And I agree with Peter that sexual trauma, physical abuses, impacts to your body of some kind, negative impacts to your body. You can talk all day and all night with a therapist about them, but unless you release the trauma from the body, it's always going to be there. So it's the Peter Levine formula has been renamed somatic experience technique because somatic means of the body. It's the touch, it's of the physical. And the somatic experience is one where people actually, these trainers that are trained, these teachers that are trained to put their hands on your body and release trauma, they'll find that trauma in unusual places. These are people that have kind of an intuitive touch. They're the people that when they touch you, it feels like honey is just flowing. Sunny honey is flowing into your body. You can feel energetically that they are those people at the, the high end of the spectrum with incredible limbic connection and emotion where they can feel you when they touch you. And it's almost like um, a diviner with a, a a divining rod looking for what looking for the spring under the under the ground. They can find the places in your body where you've stored 
the painful memories and the hurt and the wounds and they can touch those places and call those places to release and you'll have a lot of release from that so in that better lover video series ariel giaretto who i did the healing my sexuality series with they uh she is a train the trainer somatic experience technique teacher in the area of sexual healing so you get these body-based sexual healers. There's another group of people in that same category. And they are often people who are called to sexual healing through Tantra. Tantra or Tantric lovemaking is a Western orientation for slow, heart-connected, what I would call cosmic sexuality. And they often help people who've been traumatized to feel in their body again and to let go of the wounding. When you're sexually traumatized, you store a lot of the trauma in your pelvic bowl. We have what's called the enteric nervous system, E-N-T-E-R-I-C, enteric nervous system. And the enteric nervous system is where we store emotion at a cellular level in the tissue of our body. And that trauma needs to be physically and manually released. So there are Dakas and Dakinis, this is what they call themselves. A Daka is a male-bodied person and a Dakini is a female-bodied person who can specialize in what is called G-spot healing or in healing the male body of sexual trauma. And they're hands-on healers. And the G-spot for women and the P-spot for men are very, very... Um, emotionally laden tissue in our body. Women have a G-spot and it's not a spot. It's actually a long tube of tissue that surrounds the urethra. The urethra is basically the tube that goes from your bladder out the exit on the face of your vulva. So when, so when you pee and pee comes out, it comes out that tube. That tube is that urethral canal is covered in what looks like a little pool noodle you know the, when the kids get in the pool and they have those foamy noodles it looks like that it's spongy erectile tissue and it runs the length so you can find that spot by be going inside the vaginal canal with a finger up on the roof of the canal and you press up there almost hook your fingers around the pubic bone and there's a soft bit of tissue up there that when you first feel it especially in someone who's been traumatized it's quite ridgy and it can be hard as a rock and it and ultimately what it's supposed to feel like if you will you know that if you if you weren't traumatized and you had been touched there and pleasured there and everything was released and flowing you would feel it to be the, just this soft tissue and then for the male-bodied of us, they, the male body holds a lot of its trauma in the prostate gland, in the penis, in the scrotum, in the perineal area, and in the prostate. And the prostate is a little gland that helps create semen. And it's inside the rectum about one, just like the G spot, if you will, where you find it is about one, the first fingertip right to the first knuckle in and up. That's the same with the prostate. It's in the rectum, one fingertip in and press up and you'll feel a little ridgy, walnutty shaped kind of bumpy thing in there. 
both of them hold a lot of trauma and energy in there. And when a person can relax and get a full genital massage and get attention on their genitals, get loving attention, and there's four kinds of touch. There's nurturing touch, there's healing touch, there's sensual touch, and there's sexual touch. You touch a baby in a nurturing way. You give a massage in a healing way. The other two, sensual and sexual, you save for your partners. But in trauma release, in hands-on body work to release trauma, sexual trauma, we deal directly with the genitals and we put our hands on the genitals in nurturing and healing ways only. This is not to give people orgasms or make them calm. This is to release tension, upset, trauma, old feelings, bad memories, uh, all the wounds that we have. Now, there can also be other areas that are traumatized. It could be where your foreskin was removed. It could be where someone broke your penis at one time from rough sex. That happens all the time. Um, it could be from childbirth. It could be from rape. It could be from a toy that was used improperly on you. It could be from a horseback or a bike riding accident or any number of things. If it hurts, you want to be able to soothe the pain and both the emotional and physical trauma. Scarring is another big one if there's a scar. So not only in these P-spot and G-spot areas do you want to stroke, you want to stroke the entire genital system by giving it the, and this is where you get into, you can you can go to a Dakini or a DACA, you can get a, a tantric release, you can find someone who does hands-on somatic experience release treatments, or you can have your partner do it for you. And that's what most people do. And so when you have them do it, you use warm oil, you have them lie you down, you have your legs with pillows under them, you've got a towel under you, you are the right temperature, You the lighting is right, the music is healing, you're calm, you're well hydrated, and you're getting this nurturing and loving touch. And often, um, especially for the female, because she can, she can often tap into her sadness more easily than the masculine who we, we've raised to distance himself from his emotion. Mm -hmm. But the, the feminine will often be able to really let out, verbally let out her anguish. And what's nice about it is that as you go through these hands-on healing massages, you're talking to each other and you're finding that, does this hurt? How does it feel when I touch you here? How, does it feel good when I rub down or up and down? You're always talking to them about what feels right to them. Oh, could you rub right there? Could you just do circles on that spot until I say stop? And it's okay if it feels pleasurable. It's okay if you have orgasms. That's okay. It's just that's not what the goal of this is. The goal of this is to open, soften, and release the emotion that's gotten stuck and buried in that tissue so that you end up with a vulva 
and a penis that are very um, responsive, activated, accessing pleasure, you know, feeling good. That's what you want to go from is tight and stuck to loose and soft and pleasure filled. And as you begin to rub that G spot area, and I don't think I finished the two places. There's there's the inside up one knuckle on the roof of the vagina of the vaginal canal. And then there's where the urethra exits on the face or the vestibule of the vulva. If you open the inner labia and you look at a vulva, the, there's the clitoris at the top covered by the clitoral hood. And then there's a little space and there's the place where the urine comes out. And there's actually tissue all around that spot as well that also needs to be released and stimulated. And then you go a little further south and you're at the opening to the vagina. And the opening to the vagina is called the introidal sphincter or the introitus. And it's a circular muscle. It, it's, it's just like your iris, it's a circular muscle. And it needs to be touched very, very, very delicately. You never wanna just stick your fingers right in. You wanna wait until the vagina almost pulls your fingers in when it's actually calling for more. So you wanna spend a lot of time on the external vulva, creating, letting that vulva know it's safe to relax. And once it's safe to relax, and this could take a number of sessions because the very first session, your partner is going to be, if you're the one delivering this, this healing you know, experience, they're gonna be embarrassed for you even to look at them, much less put your hands on them. Most people are really embarrassed about their vulvas and many men are embarrassed about their penises. They don't know how beautiful they are. So starting off with how beautiful they are, how good they feel, how much you love them. Verbal support is as important as the physical hands-on component. We're talking about really creating comfort and connection. And then once you're up there and you're in that G-spot area and you feel all those ridges, over time, you're going to want those ridges to relax and kind of let go and kind of soften in your hand, soften to your touch. And what's going to happen is that often when a woman's G area and a man's P-spot or P area, his prostate and his penis and his perineum, the perineum is underneath his scrotum and it's the space of skin between the back of the scrotal sac and his anus touching that really is very healing for men they've never had that touched everyone's been focused just on the penis for them and so touching that and loving that before you go inside before you do any touch and though there are prostate tools and vibrators, which you could graduate to. I recommend finger and a glove is a gloved hand is nice with a lot of, you know, an organic oil and a, and a, a nitrile glove, a non-latex glove is a very good way to do that. So um, the responses are going to be sobbing, crying, howling, screaming, you know, uh, fight, flight, uh, you know, a lot of fear is going to come up. 
And you want to keep yourself very calm and keep your hands on their body and give them moments of rest. You may need to pick them up and hold them and let them cry things out. But what I can tell you is that three, four, five, 10, 20 sessions of that level of loving, nurturing, healing sensation will allow them to move through and let go of that and they'll begin to orgasm and have joy and be responsive and feel good to your hands. So it takes a partner willing to do that and most partners are if they just know what to do and that's what to do. Yeah, and a lot of what I'm hearing in that too is how you can even translate a lot of that into just other encounters with their partner because a lot of it is that discussion a lot of it is asking the questions like does this feel good do you want me doing this or and having that reciprocal conversation like oh could you do this which is oftentimes a really awkward thing for people for some reason in sexual encounters is they don't want to express what they want or they're afraid to um have that performance of, I don't know if I can do what my partner wants to do. Whereas if you use this method and have those discussions in a non-sexual manner, it's almost like practice essentially to when you get to the sexual encounter, you're already used to that checking in with your partner. You're used to asking what they want to have done. You're used to expressing to your partner, hey, I want you to keep doing that. And it can be translated then into those sexual encounters, but also just like everyday life too. Just making sure you're checking in with your partner if they're okay with doing what you're doing. Yeah, beautifully said, Sean. And one of the things that I like to do is I like to recommend something called two-option leading. When you are the giver of this healing experience, instead of saying, does this feel good? A person can't really answer a question like that very well, especially when you're trying to get them to emotionally release and to relax. You don't want them to feel like they have to be driving the situation. They're the one who is supposed to be responding to the loving and healing touch that you're giving them. And so two option leading is, would you like it a little harder or a little softer? Do you like it when I rub up and down or just down or just up? How does it feel when I go over the hood? Do you want me to stay? Do you want me to incorporate all the way up over the hood and all the way down to your fourchette? Or do you want me to stick straight with just the urethra and the, the G spot? Um, right? They'll tell you what feels good. And over time, what feels good will begin to expand for them. When they are traumatized, they have a very limited response because their tissue has not been enlivened and activated. And what you're really doing is you're bringing the sensation back to areas that have been shut down from trauma. This is, a, I just, I think this is such a fascinating discussion. And, you know, we mentioned this in our part one episode. This is, this is a touchy subject. This is something that is new for many of our listeners. Um, and this is an in-depth discussion that I don't think many people yeah. will have had in their day-to-day -day lives. And so we really appreciate you being here and giving this, um, giving this discussion some thought for us, for our listeners, um, and giving it thought and connection to how we do our work, right? How we want to 
move our society forward, which is really what this podcast is about, right? Um, and so I just, I really think that this was an amazing conversation. Um, and we're, we're really thankful that you've been here. Oh, I'm thankful for being invited. Thank you for having me. These are the kinds of things we do need to talk about. And one of my, one of my good things is I can really talk about this stuff with such, <laughs> you know, such, I just give people confidence by talking about sure. it. And I, I love the opportunity to do that. So thank you. Um, I wanted yeah. to give you one more, um, one more resource. You know, I have so many resources. I've been doing this so long. And, and that was something that Sean was talking about, which was, you know, how do you bring that, how do you establish that good communication in the bedroom? You know, I don't know what I want. I just know what I'm getting isn't, isn't, isn't it? Or, oh, I'm afraid to hurt my partner's feelings. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and just, you know, accept what I get. Um, instead, I recommend something called the Sexual Soulmate Pact. It's at sexualsoulmatepact.com. And um, what I love about this, it's part of my Sexual Soulmate series. I believe that soul, sexual soulmates are created, co-created, not divinely ordained, right? They're, your sexual soulmate's not out there waiting for you to find them. They are who you decide you love and you co-create this, you know, this good conversation, the deep holding, the, the reverence, the respect, the honoring, the pleasure, the ecstatic connection, the limbic love, you know, these are the, these are the, this is the grist of the sexual soulmate mill. And the sexual soulmate pact is a way that a couple can very confidently and very easily have just tons of bedroom communication and feel great about it. It is it. It is probably the best sex technique that I give away because I can teach you pleasuring skills till the cows come home. But if you can't talk about or ask what, what you want, you're kind of dead in the water. So this is the rudder to the boat of your sex life, right? If the, if the boat is filled with techniques, this is the rudder that gets you from point A to point B. So sexual soulmate packed. So going over all of the things that we've talked about, we talked about libido book, rewriting your libido story. We talked about the soulmate embrace at soulmateembrace.com for the holding technique. And we talked about the sexual soulmate pack just now. And we also talked about uh, the magic pill method in the last episode, I think it was. And the magic pill me method is how to get back together again when you've hit a roadblock that's kind of knocked your sex life for a loop. How do you get back to that? So those are the four assets that I think I've brought to this two-part discussion on healing your sexuality. Yep. And I will make sure every single one of those is in our show notes. <laughs> I'll post up links on our socials. So keep an eye out for those. So you guys can check those out as well. Um, but Susan, do you have any closing thoughts? I know this has been a great discussion so far today. Well, I would want to encourage I would want to encourage you to really work on healing your sexuality. I've given you the roadmap to, to, to get back to what was taken away from you. And I want you to recover your sexuality and enjoy the joy that I have and, and I've gotten through my recovery and that thousands and thousands, if not millions of people have also done. And it's available to you. And all you have to do is take that next first step because you do deserve to feel good and loved and connected and welcomed. <laughs> Excellent pun. Love it. I'm a, I'm a sucker for puns. So thank you for that. Um, but again, Susan, thank you for joining us. It has been a pleasure just listening to you and having you share your wealth of knowledge. I'm sure at points you probably saw all of our faces during this, just like, wow, this is a lot. This is really good information. 
Um, so again, I thank you. Um, really quickly, would you like to share your socials? Sure. You can find me on Instagram at Susan Bratton. You can find me on Twitter and you can go to my main website, Personal Life Media, where I have a sex tips newsletter and thousands of articles that are searchable by keyword. Awesome. And thank you all for listening today. Um, as always, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Touchy Subs Pod to keep up to date when we have things coming out and what we have going on. Um, send us any questions, comments, or concerns to touchysubjectspodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, don't be afraid to challenge, ask, and discuss when it comes to touchy subjects.